seven mini pupillage application pitfalls. You're listening to the Pupillage Podcast brought to you by 39 Essex Chambers. Hi everyone, I'm Ruth Keating, a barrister of 39 Essex Chambers and one of the barristers in charge of our mini pupillage scheme here in Chambers. And hi, I'm Dan Kozelko and I'm also a barrister at 39 Essex Chambers managing the mini pupillage scheme with Ruth and another barrister here, Rosie. So today we're sharing our seven key pitfalls for mini pupillage application markings. The things that we think let great candidates down and the pitfalls that many candidates fall into. So Daniel, with your experience of marking many, many mini pupillage application forms, what's the first pitfall that comes to mind when you think of applications? Well, I think the big one that never goes away with any application you ever make, uh, be it mini pupillage, pupillage, anything, is double and triple checking spelling and grammar. It cannot be said enough, but things like spelling mistakes and grammatical errors let even the best candidates down. It it certainly has effects on the reader in that it it sticks out, I find, in a very big way. Um, And it can really make you think or have to reread a sentence several times. So my advice would be take your time proofreading and make sure you don't leave the application submission until the last day when time is short. If you give yourself some time and even take a few days away from the application, you will see new things that you didn't notice before when you first wrote it. I think that's absolutely key, Dan. So, you know, we're all... Uh, I was going to say friends, but really enemies with the last minute writing of something. And I think that's the central point is to leave enough time. And that really reflects the second pitfall that we were discussing before, which are practice areas. You just need to leave enough time to properly research the chambers you're applying to. And it's not as simple as application forms that might, you know, mention the wrong name of the different chambers. Of course, that happens and we see that. But it's more about the areas of law you're saying you're interested in and making sure the chambers actually practices in that. And certainly for my part, when I was a a mini applying, I found it very hard sometimes looking at different chambers' websites to really understand, you know, what's their focus, what are their core practice areas. And so I think definitely check the website, but also when you're writing your application form, look at the rankings on things like Chambers and Partners or Legal 500. I didn't realise that at the start, but it's a really helpful way of seeing, okay, this Chambers is ranked, you know, tier one, tier two, et cetera, in this practice area. And then you know it's something which Chambers is, you know, really interested in. And in terms of that, Dan, what's the next pitfall that comes to mind in terms of your experience? So a, a, another big one, and it applies to pupillage applications as much as mini pupillage applications, which is read the question. It's such a classic mistake, and I've seen so many examples of great candidates doing this, where the question that they answer is not the question that was asked. Mm. And when you do that, it's very hard for us as markers to then give you those points and give you that benefit of a doubt in what you've written. And so candidates who do genuinely answer the question put to them and give tailored and targeting answers are far more likely to be succinct, persuasive, and to engage with the things that the you know, the marker was really looking for. And I think often, certainly, the questions that are asked may be not the ones you want to be asked, because mm. they are difficult questions. Um, but it's by answering difficult questions well that you can convince your marker. A really important one, Dan, and certainly a trap that I have fallen into myself on occasion. So I, I have sympathy for applicants. Moving to our fourth pitfall, 
this is a mistake I see candidates making time and time again. I'm sure you see it as well. Not properly describing their experience or explaining why it's relevant. So we receive lots of applications from candidates who have great relevant experience. You know, they might have won impressive prizes. They might have had interesting jobs, all of that kind of thing. But what people often fail to do is explain why that particular experience is relevant or what it involves. So they also might not explain what a particular prize is or why it was awarded. They might have really relevant work experience, which shows that they're hardworking or, you know, they've had a job alongside their studies, all of those kind of things. But it's really an exercise in advocacy to explain to someone why a prize is relevant or why experience is relevant. So candidates should also think about non-legal experience. And that's something we often don't see on application forms. For example, you know, if you worked a part-time job or if you've had a previous job, although not legal, which is really relevant and showing skills that you would need to be a successful barrister. It's certainly true. I was guilty of just listing things on some of my applications and then wondering why people didn't ask about them or weren't weren't interested. I think it is because you've got to say why it's relevant and why it means something. And that ties in very well with the fifth pitfall that I think we all see, which is not putting things in context. This applies across the board to all answers on an application. Um, But I'm thinking of things like if you studied internationally or you didn't go to school in the UK, put the grades and marks in context for the person who is reviewing your application. They may not know whether your grade is an impressive one or not. And looking up a marking framework online can be quite difficult, particularly when there's a lot of applicants who do this. Um, And so it really helps for us to have those marks in context And so we know what they're roughly equivalent to, for example, in the UK, or to know how, you know, the the ordering or the percentages marks work um, at your institution or at your school. Absolutely, Dan, I entirely agree. And I actually faced a similar difficulty. So when I was applying, all my school grades obviously wouldn't have been in a UK system. And so what I used to do would be put them in a percentile or that kind of thing, essentially something that everyone can readily understand, independent of whether they know how you know, your history teacher used to mark your papers in school and all of that kind of thing. And I think looking at that, there's definitely a bit of a theme here. So our sixth pitfall was don't skimp on examples. And I think that's a really important thing. It's another way of saying putting things in context. But when answering questions like why you want to be a barrister, it's a classic question. Try and explain your answer by giving examples to evidence your skills. And I think the importance of that is that it's a really concrete way of engaging with the question. It ties back nicely, I think, with your point of answer the question you were asked rather than the one you think you were asked or wanted to be asked. And that's a good way of ensuring that you are answering the question. And the best candidates are wary of simply listing qualities they think a barrister should have and not explaining them. Again, the application is a piece of written advocacy. And so you want to use that space and you want to use your word count wisely. I think I think saying it's written advocacy is it, it it is the real core point with all of this. And it comes down for a lot of people to a thing that many of us don't like doing, which is trying to sell yourself and advocating for yourself. And 
while it is difficult to do, and I, I certainly find it difficult as well, it's so important on an application like this. Don't be shy about telling your marker why the experience you have is relevant or why what you've achieved is impressive. By giving us that information, we, we are on your side. We want to view your application in the best light possible. And for us to do that, we need you to sell yourself, explain yourself, you know, all of these things. And that really helps us get the best from your application. I couldn't agree more. Well done. I think that's what we have time for today. Do keep in mind our seven pitfalls when applying for mini pupillages. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks all. Thanks for listening. Find our other podcasts and resources over at 39essex.com. Listener.